All right, welcome to the podcast, Pat Crane. Thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to have you on for a while here. I've been listening to your new podcast, um, your new site, Legendary Upside, which I like, by the way. I did, was 75th percentile outcome, was that already taken as, yeah. as one of the potential names out there, like better than average uh, <laughs> possibility or not? Incrementalgains.com was uh, was taken, so I had to go. <laughs> legendary. Legendary Upside Podcast. I spe- specifically, I was listening to you and Sean Siegel, where you guys have something going on where you're like doing a little home-and-home home action on the different podcasts. You've been going through all the different uh, prospects in great detail. So I have to ask you now, we're coming into the draft here. Uh, are you more confused than ever? What's going to happen here in the NFL draft, or do you feel like you have it nailed now? No, I and and predicting where these guys are going to go exactly isn't what I would say my my uh, expertise is in. So I'm more like uh, you know figuring out what these profiles are like, and then the draft capital is like a big input for me. You know, like I'm yeah. I know I'm missing a lot of the tape evaluation stuff. I do like watching the highlights. I will watch a lot of highlights. Uh, oh, get a sense bombs. of like yeah, you got oh, just I love, bombs thing. Yeah. I love a just bombs. Uh, that's more for like kind of like getting a good sense of the player archetype and sort of what these guys do well. But um, I know I'm missing a lot of the context on the the classic scouting stuff. So I think the NFL draft position is kind of help filling in that gap. But also, you know, some guys do get overdrafted. So I think it's helpful to have your own opinions of them ahead of time. What do you think about a, a hot take? I may have heard this before. It may have even been Sean Siegel who said something like this. We don't really have him on Twitter anymore. So I'm not sure if he had said this or not. That watching the highlights is better than just watching all of the different tape because then you start concentrating on all this minutia, you know, their hips swivel or whatever other nonsense, as opposed to being like, whoa, this guy can do some explosive plays. And that, that may translate. I mean, I think it's better for me. You know, I don't think like, I I think if I was like doing the Dane Brugler thing and I was going to be writing like, you know, this amazing draft guide, I think at that point you have the expertise to where, you know, how to weight all this stuff. Like, I don't, I mean, if a guy's hip swivels off, like how do, if I've got like a mental model, like how much am I dinging him for that? So to me, I'm just sort of like, I want to know kind of what these guys do well, what they don't do well. Um, You know, and you'll see, obviously the highlights aren't going to show you what they don't do well that much, but like Dwayne McBride gets caught from behind repeatedly on his highlights. That's, that tells you he doesn't have super long breakaway speed. So the highlights will kind of help you with uh, understanding what they what the guys red flags are to some extent as well yeah no doubt okay so we're gonna talk bold bold predictions for me it's more like things that may happen i'm gonna get somewhat specific on some of these things things that may happen kind of some interesting ways but also a way to talk about some of the prospects we'll talk almost exclusively about skill position players uh maybe leaning into kind of what you were talking about as far as expertise like i don't know anything about the (laughs) about these other guys I, I don't know i don't know what's going on i just like give me a consensus big board and uh positional value and then i'll try to say what's going to happen there i'll do I, I do find some joy in um watching fans get excited about like mock drafts that someone else has done where they have some particular quarterback and they're like oh man that would be so awesome it's like, come on guys like we don't we, we know nothing here i always have enjoyed that like oh god that guard fell to us it's so great <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then you know, uh, Belichick takes someone who's in like the one fifties on everyone's <laughs> yeah. rankings, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's a great pick. That's a great pick by Belichick right there." Um, I, I'm going to have some Belichick talk in this one too. I feel like he is 
he's he's almost hit the like I don't know if it's senility, but he's kind of hit this point of his coaching uh, like ever since maybe the last few years where it's become a little bit less predictable that he'll do something smart, I feel like, in some of these things. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Belichick for that here. But we'll go back and forth on these different bold predictions, again, focusing a lot on the skill positions and talking around these different guys and our opinions about them too. Because like I said, I don't know if there's anyone out there, um, and I'm not sure I even mean this as a compliment, who has done as much work as you have digging into all of these different skill position prospects, um, which will all be blown up when like half of your favorite yeah. guys are not even taken on day three in this draft. Yeah, it's true. I mean, this I would say this class is like set me up a little bit better in the sense that it's not a very deep wide receiver class because there's usually yeah. like a Seth Williams or something where I'm like, oh, man. Can't wait until Seth Williams gets drafted in the third round. <laughs> well, I was a Seth Williams believer. He's still time. Yeah. still time there. Yeah, I don't know when they were when they were using everyone in Denver except Seth Williams. I think it's over. Late breakout. Late breakout. Yeah, uh, yeah there's no possibility there. So okay, let, let's get into. It. Do you want me to go first, or you want to go first? We're talking. About uh, this here. You can go first. Okay, I'll go first. So I'm I'm gonna start not getting into like too much of the details sort of things. This will be like a setup. This will be uh, forecasting. Again, when I get into more to more deep stuff later on. So uh, my first bold prediction, I don't know if this is even that bold at this point. I think this is where the market's going. So again, some of this may already be built into the market versus what I'm saying here. But my first one will be, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm hinting a little bit of what I'm going to say in the future, because I'm going to say top nine, that there will only be two quarterbacks taken in the top nine picks in this draft. So a couple of quarterbacks here, and I'll tell you specifically who I'm thinking about later, will fall out, will go past this grouping of teams who you think would be into quarterbacks, potentially the Seahawks, the Lions, the Raiders, the Falcons, all these different teams that, you know, have some ability to take a quarterback there. I feel like they're just in the cycle now where it's Detroit and Atlanta in the third year of their GM coaching cycle. The Raiders are in the second year and they have Garoppolo there along with um, McDaniels and the Seahawks of course have Geno Smith and, you know, Pete Carroll loves him some some defensive end or something that'll end yeah, up. He's taking, definitely they're taking a defensive end. <laughs> taking there. So th- th- it's gonna cause a couple of guys to to slip to slip down at that point. What do you think about that? I like it. Um I could see it happening. Uh I I have the opposite bold prediction though, in a sense. All right. Oh, we have a bold prediction off. <laughs> here's a yeah, bold Watch prediction out. off. Here. So so Houston's interest in Levis is a total smokescreen. That's the first part of this uh, okay. bold prediction, which is because okay. like, you think about the Levis stuff, it was all about how, you know, this guy's personality and, you know, he's taking selfies and stuff. We don't like this. That feels very NFL to me that they, they'd be kind of out on that. What about the banana eating with the peel? Was that, is that a pause? That's a, has to be a positive, right? Are they, well, they don't like, they don't like vegan stuff. So I don't know. I mean, that, that, that borders well, maybe on Maybe if you eat the banana like that, but you don't send it out on social media. That's right. Yeah. Like, like you, you, just, you, you accidentally, like it accidentally starts circulating. You, you plant it out there without it being <laughs> like a thing that you're sending out. Maybe that would be the proper way to do it. If a teammate talks about what a good work ethic, work ethic you have and a great diet, then that's fine. But if yeah, you're yeah. self-promoting it, no good. Yeah. So I think that uh, when we heard about Levis in a positive way again, after all that stuff, it was really in connection with the Colts liking him. So I think Houston is basically saying, come on, Colts, the trade up. We we don't like anyone in this draft other than Bryce Young. We're not getting him. So so uh let's let's uh have you think we're taking him, but they but they don't want to take him. And 
the and we just saw this Mac Jones potential trade with Houston. I think Houston's trying to get out of this pick. So they they don't though. They pass on a quarterback at two, but then they get boxed out of quarterback in round one. So they think it's going to play out like you think. Mm. They are like, you know what? We can always get, we can come up and get our quarterback later. Let's yeah. just take our guy here, and then it doesn't work. Houston gets boxed out. Yeah, I mean, another one of my bold predictions would be they're not going to get a quarterback at all in the first round. But yeah, it wasn't going to be for that reason. So my thinking here um, is that I'm buying a little bit of the possibility that uh, Nick Casario is going to be gone. Like, they are going to get rid of him after this draft. There's been some talk about that. I think it's always one of these things with ownership. They don't know what the hell they're doing, right? And it's like they're least they're listening, especially to the Texans. <laughs> they're listening to the especially Texans, right? You have Cal McNair coming in. The 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 I was gonna say the idiot son. That's probably a little bit uh, harsh. I don't know if he's an idiot or not. He does. Maybe, maybe he's, not got, he's got some. Uh, some there's some succession vibes going there, on. There are, there's something going on there. So. You had Easterby come in and, you know, work his 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 magic there. Um, he also coordinated Casario eventually coming in. They had this ridiculousness with coaching the last couple of years. And then they bring in D'Amico Ryans, who was the, like, marquee guy on the coaching market. So there's always, like, this, like, whoever is closest and most in the owner's ear can kind of just take over everything. So I feel like for him... I don't think he's wedded to Casario. I think you can't just come in and then get rid of the GM at that point before, before we get into the draft. And I do think that he's eventually, if not this offseason, right after the draft, but he will phase him out. And because of that, it also extends the timeline a little bit on not having to take a quarterback. You know, a lot of people say, no, the Texans have been a mess for so long. They got to take a quarterback. Maybe they'll say, hey, we believe in D'Amico Ryan's. He's been winning with Jimmy Garoppolo, or like, well, not him, but you know, whatever. He was on the team, right? He, they had this great defense. They win with Garoppolo. They bring in Mr. Irrelevant and they win games and they're doing everything there. That they're going to say, you know what? Let's, let's take a couple of defensive players here in the first round, not get a quarterback, and then move forward with kind of like he's the head of the regime then going forward. Yeah, so I, I agree with the general take, but I think more incompetence at play. I think that <laughs> the Texans, that's not the plan. They're just going to end up having, having it happen, and that will be maybe one of the things that sparks. Ryan's is going, I, I can't work with these guys. They, they had a whole plan. It just blew up immediately. How about, gonna... how about going even further that Casario shows up the night of the draft, key card, just bloop, bloop, just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work at all. Security comes, takes him away. Ryan's already has a shadow GM and front office set up. They all move in and take over and execute the draft right then. Well, I, I mean, that's way better, right? Like, did another team do this a couple years ago? Like, why would you ever let a guy oh, no, who's kind of on the hot seat? It. I think McCagnan with the Jets was, was one. Um, the Bills, right? The Bills... When they brought in Sean McDermott, but they still had the GM whose name escapes me, right? Doug Whaley, is that who it was? Um, they had someone in there who executed the draft and then was gone right afterwards. And you then they brought in Brandon Bean after. Yeah. Yeah. That's so bad. So, I mean, that's, I, I'm surprised they didn't have, you know, some guy from the, the 49ers front office come in with Ryan's. I mean, that's, I think it's been too late in that cycle because you have to have started mm -hmm. the work a little bit earlier. I don't know. I think maybe that's it. And um, it's never too late to get rid of Casario. 
it's never too late. That scary picture, you guys. Uh, you you were over there at freaking NBC. Couldn't you get up? Could you update that one? <laughs> no, that's perfect. We had the right picture. Oh my god, that was that was killing me. Okay, all right, all right. So so you're you're saying the opposite. Incompetent Texans can't get their guy. Okay, I like that. I say no yes. quarterback, but but for different reasons. All right, I got another one here. Quarterback related. This is this is very specific. Okay, so. We have Aaron Rodgers is gone. The Packers are sitting there, you know, at, at 13 now. Uh, the thought is, hey, Jordan Love, that's their guy. You know, their fifth-year option, not exercised yet, mind you. Fifth-year option, they're going to figure that out, move forward with them. I mean, let's let's kind of look at the, the track record here for, for Jordan Love for a second. So we have drafted in the 20s, may have been a little bit of a reach there, right? He was like a... Got got that Mahomes vibes going on that got him that got him pulled out there. Now Mahomes on the you know, we're hearing great stories about him on the scout team like year one how how awesome he was. Uh, Jordan Love on the other hand was inactive his entire rookie season did not did not even make the roster. Tim Boyle sitting in front of him the the entire rookie season. We go on. Rogers starts to have a little bit of comeback. They're they're doing anything they possibly can to bring Rogers back to yeah. not turn to Jordan Love at, at this point. They're like throwing money bags at him, this and that. Finally, we hit the tipping point where the entire Green uh, Green Bay fan base and front office and coaching staff is like, we got we, we've had enough, Aaron Rodgers. We can't do this, but not really uh, because of his play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it was a little bit down. Like they, they had their excuse yeah. of the down year, right? So they got their down year so they could do it. But I don't think it's because they're thrilled about Jordan Love. I mean, th- when they signed that contract, they were kind of locking themselves in to Aaron Rodgers through Jordan Love's rookie contract. Like Jordan Love was out, was boxed out. It's just this weird scenario that ended up happening here. So they also engineered this um, – this switch, right? This this pick swap in the first right. round to move up from fifteen. Huge value for that pick swap, don't you think? Fifteen to thirteen. They <laughs> they really bent over the Jets on this one. They even got the pick swap at the end. Just, <laughs> the Jets were doing anything they could on this one. God, what a yeah. horrible trade. Um, so so they're sitting there now, a couple of spots higher. Everyone's like, are they going to take JSN or they going to do whatever? No, no, no. So what they're doing is they're sitting and waiting. And as these quarterbacks fall. Specifically, they see C.J. Stroud. Again, he's falling, he's falling. Will he go to Atlanta? No, he doesn't go to Atlanta. He goes in. All of a sudden, the Eagles are on the clock at 10. The Eagles look at the board. Now everyone's like, oh, the Eagles are going to do something big. They're going to move up. Now, the Eagles have a lot of defensive players they got to, to, to fill in at this point. Maybe they would even want more picks. I mean, they're going to be paying Jalen Hurts like a, a, a ridiculous amount of money. A.J. Brown, a ridiculous amount of money. Maybe even Devontae Smith, a ridiculous amount of money eventually. They need some rookies. They need more and more rookies to fill these spots here. They say, you know what? We're going to move back three spots. The the Packers trade up three spots into the 10 pick, leapfrog the Texans, leapfrog the Titans, and select C.J. Stroud with the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft. To go in there and compete with Jordan Love on day one because they don't really have confidence in Love. And this will be an exact transition over to C.J. Stroud, who's been playing up at Ohio State in the poor weather, all that stuff for the Green Bay Packers. Now, I didn't realize that you had been hired as the GM for the Packers. So congratulations (laughs) on that. Uh, I think that's the only way this will be happening. I mean, because I don't uh, disagree that this is, you know, you were you were the guy who was saying, uh, you actually convinced me because I was like, what are the Eagles doing with this Hurts pick? This makes yeah. no sense. And then I read your, your article. Yeah, you were not like, alone on that one. Oh, yeah, it, does, it actually does kind of make sense. And uh, that's aged pretty well. Um, so I like the idea that the Packers basically go get another out 
at elite quarterback play, but I just think there's no way they do it. I mean, I think they might do it if they got to sit tight, but I, I just don't think, how do you, how do you sell that to your fan base that you went and traded up? Um, so that's, that's why I would, I mean, fans, fans are very fickle. You know, fan, uh, the same fan will tell you today, the Jordan era era has, I mean, the Jordan love era has begun. And then they draft CJ Stroud and they're like the CJ Stroud era. has. That is actually very true. I'm pumped about this. Yeah. (laughs) That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you'd have that now the fans going, but is S2 score? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're out in green Bay, just, you know, chugging cheese and, and, uh, (laughs) un, uh, unpasteurized milk. They're fine out there. Um, all right, so that, that's my bold pick for what will happen then uh, with another quarterback selection. What else you got for me? Well, I, I got a Stroud one. Um, okay, let's do this. So so the Cardinals, so talk about teams that want to trade back, right? Yeah. Houston doesn't trade back. The Cardinals now, they get to, you know, in my, in my world, Houston is not selected a quarterback. Uh, so the Cardinals are sitting there, and they, they throw away the Jimmy Johnson chart, and they go, we got to get this, we got to get this tackle for Kyler. Kyler wants his tackle. So they trade back real cheap. They make it like, you know, it's like one of those things where all the pundits are, you know, what are these guys doing? It's, it looks terrible, but the Raiders come up, the Raiders come up and they get CJ Stroud. The Raiders Um, come get CJ Stroud. All right. I mean, I do the the one, I think the Raiders are probably one of the sneakiest ones in that area only because like, you can't trust that Garoppolo will stay healthy for an entire season. Yeah. And I also think that, that McDaniel, you like your point about kind of guys being in certain stages of their tenure. I think that like Stroud is how McDaniel's gets like another two years. Yeah, you know yeah. it was a pretty disappointing first year. So if he gets Stroud and then Stroud looks okay, yeah, they're then still he gets okay. The second year. they can still do yeah. it in the second year. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's. It would be kind of smart for McDaniel's to sort of reset the clock. It's almost like he just got hired this year if they go get Stroud, and I think they could probably do it cheaply if houston passes on him i like it um okay so i got a couple more uh a bold uh quarterback predictions here that will not come true um okay <laughs> this one okay this should, is... we, should we go back and tally up and or <laughs> i mean if any of these hit it would be just amazing anyway like i'm going i'm going like I, I, i'm violating my own rules of bold predictions which is these this is like my this is like a plus uh you know 50,000 bets that I'm making here as opposed to something that's slightly, you know, that you could I, actually bet on. I um, meant, I meant to ask you about that before the pod. Cause <laughs> I was going to, I was doing like, not like, these are not like 50, 50 type of bets that are so, sort of quote bold. The problem with the draft is you have no fucking idea what's going to happen anyway. Like all these, <laughs> it's so I mean, let's face it. This is the, this is, has to be, if you were an alien and you came down to watch like all this activity over the last month, all of it's going to be completely fucking wrong. All the hours that have been spent talking about it, all the rumors, all the back and forth. And the fact that all of our collective memories are basically like wiped clean, like a hard drive or something. And we just move on. Like all the bullshit that was being peddled for the last month, none of it happens. And we just move on with the next thing. Well, you forgot about the draft grades, which will also, uh, <laughs> yeah, the draft grades. And then you have the, you can't grade in until three years later crowd yeah. that's going to talk the entire time. And, uh, oh, yeah. God. And when Bijan goes at eight, yeah, you have a Bijan. Actually, maybe I should go right in. Do you have a bold? I don't really think bold because I think that he's going to go earlier than like the mock draft expectation. But is it bold to say that he's going to go to the Falcons? I don't know if that's bold or not. 
Uh, I don't think that's bold. I think that's yeah, that, like, that's the problem. I don't think it is bold either. That's like probably the chalk like expectation at this point, um, <laughs> which is crazy. But uh, I so here's it. So I just said the Raiders trade up for Stroud, but if they yeah. if they sit tight, I could see them taking Bijan. Which with, be- with paying Jacobs the franchise tag because they because they have him on the franchise tag. But this is the type of stuff that teams do. They're yeah, like, yeah, it is. We- it is absolutely insanity. Remember when the even when the Titans when they took Derrick Henry, he didn't really do shit for his first couple of years because they had um, Demarco Murray there, and they still took him. And it was like for these running backs in particular, like you should have no one on the roster. Like the idea that yeah. the Chargers would take Bijan because it might be Austin Eckler's last year. It's like no, no, no. just draft the running back after Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why would? Why do you want to do that? It doesn't make it sense. makes no sense. But I do I do think it's like possible because they showed that they, you know, clearly value having this this Jacobs guy. So to them, it's like, oh, now we're now we definitely have a Josh Jacobs guy who's going to we're going to be able to run the offense through that run game, which is going to be so important. You know, we got Jimmy Garoppolo play actioning off of this run game, we got this one two punch and then they're going to let Jacobs go after the year and Bijan will be installed as the the three down workhorse after that. And then McDaniels will be fired after that season because it's a terrible fit. <laughs> okay, I like it. Although I'm I'm a Jimmy truther, so Jimmy will he'll be he'll be so good that it'll like reflect off onto Bijan and help get him uh, rookie of the year. Well, Jim, yeah, Jimmy is Jimmy's the type of quarterback we want with Bijan. I think. Uh, yeah, you know, he's, I, I, he's I, I like it Atlanta too, though, because they I mean they could just never run the ball at all. I feel like that would be just ideal for for Arthur Smith, and they would really have this uh, never run the ball. You mean always run the ball. Um, yeah okay okay so next here next here is next quarterback take here for me um okay so we had we had uh uh, whatever young goes first i'm gonna say the Colts are gonna take are gonna take um levis also i don't think they're gonna move up would be my guess because like no one else wants to move up it reminds me a little bit of if if you think quarterbacks are gonna fall it reminds me a little bit of 2020 where tua and Herbert were there, yeah. but then no one moved up because they're like, well, no one else wants to move up. We're the only two teams here. We're content just taking whoever is there type of situation. I think it's going to be one of those types of deals. Um, I think I think the Colts sit tight and get get Levis. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. They, like I, I think they're going to be able to do that. And unless unless ownership steps in, it's like they do one of the, the like the Bears the Bears San Francisco deal. They move up a spot and give up like two fourth round picks for no reason. Um, okay. So then we had Stroud going at 10 Titans are, 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 did they pass on quarterback? The Texans, like I said, Casario's locked out of the building. They're not even looking at quarterbacks at this point. They're, they're moving on with the defense. They're, they're drafting, they're drafting someone there on the defense keeps on going. All of a sudden we get to the Patriots now at the 14th pick after the Packers have moved up, the Eagles draft someone there after the the Patriots are sitting there on the clock. Um, Bill Belichick hates Mac Jones with a passion. We know this now. Okay. Yeah. He cannot stand him. And he's sitting there and he sees Anthony Richardson on the board at this point, still on the board, somehow falling. People are, people are like scared of the, of the passing. They're like, can he be in this passer? You know what Bill Belichick thinks? He says, you know, the best time I had as an NFL head coach for the last several years, maybe in my entire life was post Brady. Those first few games of the season where Cam Newton came in there 
And we were running the ball. We were running for 250 yards a game those first few games. We were scoring 30 points a game running this offense with the running quarterback and who the hell cares who our wide receivers are. Um, <laughs> they don't have any wide receivers now. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got some, they got some dudes. Uh, you know, who cares who's going on there? We have Ramondre Stevenson back there. Let's just, as my final act here of, of, of head coach, but then Cam fell apart, right? He kind of fell apart as he had done multiple years. As my final act of, of head coaching now, getting, getting towards the end, what I'm going to do is turn back the clock. We're going to go, you know, 1953 style NFL football here. We're going to run the ball. We're going to option. We're going to have Richardson in there passing it downfield sometimes. And we're going to go back to that offense, get rid of Mac Jones. I don't know where they're going to send him. They'll send him someplace else and go ahead and pick Anthony Richardson with the 14th pick of the NFL draft. I love this. I mean, this is kind of what they did with Jones, where they just sat tight and took the yeah. guy that, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan traded up to three to not take. So, yeah, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. You just sit here, get Richardson. I I hope he doesn't fall this far. I mean, if he falls past the Titans at 11, that's probably a pretty bad sign for his Well, uh, do you think, like, the fact that Malik Willis looks – like, I think Richardson's way better than Willis. Don't get me wrong, right? And Willis was a third-round pick, so it's not like he's a first-round pick or anything like that. But does that scare them at all if they are thinking through this weird sort of prototype running quarterback sort of lens that are like, oh, my God, Willis is a disaster? I guess it could. I could see it both ways. I could see them going, we, we tried this. It didn't work. We're not into it. But I could also see them going – Willis is terrible, but we like the idea. And this guy gives us the actual, I mean, cause he is so much better than Willis. I mean, he's, he's way younger. He didn't take sacks. I mean, your, your work on sacks has been um, pretty important in terms of my understanding of these guys. And I mean, he's, he's great at avoiding sacks and uh, he's, I mean, the fact that he's basically like a Derrick Henry type of athlete, it's not like all that surprising. He can make guys miss and, and bounce off guys. But um, yeah, I would be, I would be surprised if he fell past Tennessee, but at the same time, Richardson's like such a difficult eval, you know, cause I, I think like the, the accuracy stuff is real, you know, yeah. that's not, that's a problem. So uh, it really depends on if you want to run a pretty specific offense for the first two years, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I remember listening to you and Sean talk about, I think Sean was really not, <laughs> I, I love Sean. I love Sean because he's like, you know how like my thinking is I'm gonna incorporate all this different information. I have my biases, so I'm gonna move guys a little bit. I feel like Sean is another piece of information you can incorporate in, but you can't like go on his rankings because he's like out there with some of these takes. Like he's like Anthony Richardson can't play NFL quarterback at all, right? Yeah, so there's some so I think about this sometimes, um, where it's like you want guys who are like uncut. Right. You, like it's like it's like what have you because I'm not uncut. Right. Like I will try to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a coward. Corporate. Yeah. I, I'm capitulating slightly all over the place <laughs> yes. to the market and trying to. Calibrate, and then I'll go you know, back when when the guy that I was was high on actually ends up doing well. I'm like, man, I should have listened to everybody else. And then I'll, I'll mention <laughs> yeah. that I got swayed by the market. It wasn't my actual opinion. But yeah. Ahead. Wisdom of the crowd's my ass. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. I had Herbert quarterback one in that class. until <laughs> whatever. OK, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But Sean's like, you know, he's giving you his real. And you know what? To, to be honest, like sometimes I think Sean is coming back to the pack because he's yeah. got like he might have this dude like 101 you know that everyone else has got 110 and he's like all right he's 103 
you know so <laughs> that's <laughs> him regressing to the market right there yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'll only be like two standard deviations off instead of five or six so exactly so that's good but so you, you, but you're not in that camp and i think i don't know i like them when i watch them like if i didn't see the numbers i would think that he's a lot like the numbers are scary the short area accuracy but i think he looks pretty good i don't think he looks again like malik willis was a disaster total disaster the thing that shocked me the most about Willis was after preseason last year, people were like, oh, he played pretty well in the preseason. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, he couldn't even pass the ball the, the entire – he had, like, one game where he ran for 50 yards or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that that's my thing. Richardson there. And Richardson but, gets, like – he gets talked up pretty well as, like, you know, can he play the position? Can he read a defense? Can he – like, he's not, like, seen as, like, um, you know, off the charts in any of those areas, but – but mostly it's like his his accuracy rather than his like ability to play quarterback yeah. is like the big red flag. So yeah, I mean yeah, I, I, I have ultimately put him as QB two behind behind Young in like a different tier. So I, I'm still I'm pretty high on him. Yeah, me, that's where I would have him too. I like Young a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else you got for me? Um. Let's see. Uh. Okay. So. All right. Well, I got. A, I got a. Uh, a, a Richardson take while we're on the, the subject of Richardson. Yeah. Um, so I'll say this is, I don't know if this is that bold, but I'll say the Titans trade up with the lions and they the get lions. Okay. With the lions. So they come up, so they got to get ahead of, uh, of a head of Atlanta and maybe they could trade back with, let's say the Raiders have sat tight, right? So they've got, yeah. they've got the Raiders there. They've got Atlanta there. Um, so they've, they've got to jump those two teams who might take Richardson. They're not sure. So they go ahead and trade up with the Lions and select Anthony Richardson. It does seem like they're kind of over there. Hey, everybody. This was a free version of a paid subscriber podcast at unexpectedpoints.substack.com. And if you cannot afford a subscription at this point, let me know. Either shoot me an email at unexpected pts at gmail.com send me a note or leave a comment on the Substack, or hit me up on twitter at kevin cole triple underscore let me know that you're experiencing some you know financial hardship at this point i will give you a no questions asked six month subscription to the pod you can get these premium podcasts and all of my other premium content thank you so much for listening and more content coming your way next week